Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and join me this evening are Adam White and Jeremy Smith. We have concluded the European, European factors, at least for 2018, so we'll have a little bit of a look at the results from earlier this week and also from tonight as Liga really had a bit of a power weekend and also ahead to us another shortened league uh, list, but we'll have a look at those after the latest headlines. Paris Saint-Germain finished top of their tough group after a 4-1 win over Red Star Belgrade. Goals from Edison Cavani, Neymar, Marquinhos and Kylian Mbappe sealed the deal and combined with Napoli's loss at Anfield, they end up as group winners. Lyon will be joining them in the round of 16 after their one-all draw with Shakhtar Donetsk. Felipe Moraes put the Ukrainian side in front, but Nabil Fakir's wonderful strike was the goal that decided it as Legon finished unbeaten, but finished also in second. Monaco went out with a whimper, really, as Dortmund cruised to a 2-0 win at the Stade Louis de despite a sort of restricted side of themselves, with former Lorient man Rafael Guerrero grabbing both goals. In the Europa League this evening, Rennes are through to the next round as they did the business they needed to in their 2-0 win over Astana. A five-minute salvo from Ismail Assar got the Breton side through at the expense of their Kazakh opponents. Bordeaux did their part of the bargain to try and qualify as they won 1-0 over against over at Copenhagen. But due to Slavia Prague's victory against St. Petersburg, Le Girondin crash out despite their late charge in the last few weeks. Elsewhere, Marseille finish their European campaign with a 3-1 defeat at home to Apollon Limassol. Last year's finalists recorded the worst points tally for a league side since the Europa League's inception and rename. Um, so with just one solitary point. In domestic matters, five league earned games have been called off this weekend due to the continued Gilets Jaunes protests that are planned again for this weekend. Uh, Dijon versus Paris Saint-Germain. Um, just getting the list again. Nantes versus Montpellier. Marseille versus Bordeaux. Gangon versus Rennes. And Amiens versus Angers have all fallen victim to issues with policing and security measures that would usually be in place. While rescheduled matches include Nice versus Saint-Etienne, which will be played on Sunday at the five o'clock slot. Lyon versus Monaco has been switched for TV rights for the nine o'clock Sunday game. And Caen Toulouse will be played on the 18th of December. That will be on Tuesday. And that's all for the news at least, but to keep up to date with all the news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with those Champions League results and it's great news for the two French sides that actually had a chance of qualifying because they are both now through. And Adam, we'll start with Paris Saint-Germain who we all kind of expected to get the results that they did, but it's not the easiest place to go to. But while it was maybe a scrappy first half uh, and maybe a little bit of a, a quieter second with them really being in control of, of things, really, it, they got the result they needed and they're through and top of the group. It couldn't have gone any better. No, you're absolutely right. For once, uh, everything kind of went to plan for PSG in the Champions League. Um, not really been the case in the past, in the sort of previous seasons, they've kind of struggled through groups. And I remember the 2-2 the draw at home to Luda Gerrits a couple of seasons ago when they needed to beat them at home to win the group. And they've managed to sort of trip, trip themselves up uh, at the in the earlier stages as well as the later stages in their, their Champions League history of late. But I think that this group as a whole is, is, is something of a step uh, in the right direction for PSG, given how the their Champions League campaigns have gone in the past. I think Thomas Tuchel deserves a huge amount of credit for finding a way to get this team to look like a team for once. The, the, the history of QSI at Paris Saint-Germain has been sort of littered with, with superstar names and individualistic performances and managers have been able to get the best out of, out of their, of what is a very talented squad. And I think the Champions League being the thing that PSG 
you know, measure themselves against the, the performances in that competition this season go to show that Thomas Tuchel has managed to at least starting to overcome each of those things. And you look at their performances, this one included as, as, as a sort of progression. They started pretty poorly, like the old PSG away at Liverpool, individual, individual, individualistic performance again, relying on that quality of Neymar and Mbappe on their own to kind of get them through. They nearly did, and eventually they, they kind of fell by the wayside there and lost 3-2. And since then, performances have slowly improved, and they've looked like a team that knew what they're doing, a team that had a plan, a team that had all its superstars playing for the team, even Neymar. In the last two or three games, Neymar's been fantastic and looked like he's not only playing for a team, but fully invested. And at the end, at the end of the day, after that win at home against Liverpool, and they're fantastic, they should have won in Napoli, in my opinion, as well. They deserve to win this group. And I think that from going from a team that looked like it would be the same old thing with uh, those sort of factors that I mentioned that characterised previous periods Jesus Place in the Champions League to going to a team that I honestly think can win it now. If they play like this against teams of the quality of Liverpool and the quality of Napoli and they they play intelligently the way that Thomas Tuchel set them up in the previous few games, they've got every chance. It's a wide open competition and um, the, the last three games go to show that they're winning with a shout. So huge, huge success for PSG for me, which which kind of underlines the fact that they haven't done so well in the past and that they're still a developing team, that this is a big success, winning this admittedly very difficult group. But it's, it's still a huge success for them on a, on a sort of club by club basis. Um, so big success. And I think that um, they can only push on from here. Yeah. And credit to, to Thomas Tuchel finally sort of setting aside some of those demons. There was a lot of questions mm. after that first match day, wasn't there? But he, he really has shown his uh, his ability to change this team a little bit and, and, and improve them as the, as the competition's gone on. And the, Je- Jesse's mentioned him already. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit deeper about Neymar's performance in this game because this is exactly the kind of performance we love seeing from the Brazilian. He is a fantastic footballer on his day. He scored a wonderful goal in this one. He was kicked to high hell really by some of the Red Star players consistently throughout this game but instead of rolling around on the floor he maybe had a couple of chippy moments where he he was was able to sort of smart back, but at the same time he got up and he he played his football and he continued doing exactly what to what we expect him to do. And it's much better. The Brazilian is much much better when he's focused and he's playing football like this, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, just to kind of echo what what Adam said, for me PSG was it's this group stage has been a kind of game of two halves. I thought the first three matches and sort of discounting the, the Red Star match because that was a, a sort of match out of the ordinary possibly illegally so on, on, on the part of some people involved. But um, I, I thought against Liverpool in the first match and certainly the first match against Napoli, they, they were awful when we were not playing as a team. And then the, the, the second half of, um, of the group stage, they've been excellent. And Napoli and Napoli in the first half in particular and then Liverpool superb. And even then I thought they might go missing again this week and they didn't at all. I think it was a step up in the Liverpool match. And yeah, Neymar's a huge part of that, I think. And that's, I mean, that's always been the frustration. And although sort of post, post Liverpool match, I think that the English media in particular and, and Jurgen Klopp especially, um, really overdid the fuss about the PSG sort of play acting, considering that Liverpool passed masters at that. Um, and it, it goes on all over the place nowadays. It has been the frustration at times with PSG with Neymar in particular and the most annoying thing is you know you can not justify it but at least for lesser players you could sort of understand why they have to resort to that but Neymar is such a brilliant footballer you just think if you stay up and play your football you'll still be better than everyone else so why do you need to just play for three kicks and I thought his goal absolutely summed that up he had two or three opportunities to go down stayed up a couple of brilliant feints which kind of fooled half of the, the Red Star defence and then a lovely chip to finish. And it sort of summed up his match as a whole. And, um, you know, good attitude, even smiling a few times, um, you know, not being selfish, even um, sort of bringing Cavani into the game and making sure that the front three had an effect on the game. Um, and that, that's what you want to see. And as long as they can keep up um, those performances and that attitude, um, I mean, in the past, to be fair, they, they generally have been good at group stages. It's, it's when they get to the knockout stages that they sometimes slip up. But um, if they can keep up these performances and this attitude, then, then I agree with Adam that um, you know, certainly on their day, they're capable of beating anyone. 
Yeah, I'm sure plenty of teams will not be wanting to draw Paris Saint-Germain in the next round. And again, another maybe string to Tuchel's bow, moving Neymar more inside and having Di Maria out wide and getting all four of them really involved in an attacking sense in these kind of games. They can look so, so dangerous and they really did well against Red Star, although they were a bit... Violent, maybe, might be the best way to put it, really, more than anything. I think uh, it felt more like a Sunday game for them sometimes, at least. But uh, onwards we go to another side that managed to qualify for league, uh, and that is Leon. Terrific news for them. They are unbeaten, but the asterisk on that one, uh, Adam, is it's five draws. So it's, it, we can't really get too overly excited. But the victories against Manchester City as well, so they, they can take some credit from that. A, a, a tricky group for them. You, you'd say that Shakhtar and Hoffenheim are teams that are, are of a similar level. But at the same time, the probably the difference between both of those sides uh, was the difference between the teams last night as well. And that's one man in particular who shone. And that's uh, Nabil Fakir, who grabbed a super superb goal he even had a great goal disallowed as well for offside rightly so there was about seven players offside as well with him but um when you have someone of that talent it can just be the difference between um going through it and going out it really can and you know um leon have missed fakir this season okay he's only actually missed five games through injury but he's sort of been affected by injury coming back from those games and he's doing a little bit uh, out of out of match practice after the World Cup, of course, a little bit sort of tired after that very extended run France had in winning the World Cup. So, you know, he's, he's taken his time to sort of ease his way into this season. And I think yesterday's game really showed what an important player he is. I mean, that might be a bit of an obvious statement to make that Neville Fakir is an important player for Lyon. But when Memphis Depay has taken a lot of credit recently and taken a lot of the, you know, the the, the limelight, if you like, um, Hostamara, Undumbele have all been fantastic at times this season. You kind of almost forgot about Fakir a little bit. But I think it showed last night that he's still their main man and he's still the most important player. And if Fakir's playing well and you've got him in the right position, then he could be devastating. And, and Lyon are a dangerous team in this competition now. Um, and I, just going back to the that you said about the, the group, it's a bizarre run of results that you you don't lose, but you only win once and go through. And the game you win is against the favourites. It's, it's away away from home as well. But, um, which looks bizarre. When you look at the rest of Leon's run, I think they deserve a lot of credit for for those draws, those five draws they got. Going unbeaten in the group stages anyway is, is very impressive for a club like Leon, but th- those those draws should be caveated by a number of things. I mean, first of all, they, they could have beaten and probably should have beaten Manchester City at home. They're very good in that game. Had three huge chances, Cornet and, and Depay missed in the first half, and honestly could have been out of sight by half-time. They're fantastic in that game. They really should have won away at Hoffenheim. They were leading that game, conceded a late goal, that Cranwich goal, and the two to draw at home to Shakhtar was behaved behind closed doors and they were two nil down and came back to draw to draw two each so perhaps that's another you know should we should really be giving them credit for that result rather than than pointing out that it was a sort of a game that perhaps they could have won and behind playing playing game at home behind closed doors against such a good team is is, is tough and conditions again last night were very very tough in in in, in Kiev you know it was a great game to watch because the, the pitch was slippery it was it was it was pouring down with snow, uh, the orange lines. It was it was great. It was it was a really entertaining game. And Leon deserve huge credit for for coming back into that game, having been one of down against a team who are much more used to those conditions. Although I suppose they are half half Brazilians in that team, so maybe not so used to them. But even so, um, they deserve huge credit for for, for playing so well in that game. And, and arguably could have been again outside of halftime. De, both Depay and Bertrand Troy should pretty should have scored before before the break. And overall they've actually been fantastic in this group and you can make a case from the, them being the best team and Genesio has proven that he's good at setting up his team to play against teams that are of similar or better quality and getting results in those games as the away leg in Manchester City, at Manchester City showed obviously that results in league and show the opposite side of that that they can be frustrating you can sit against them and and, and you can beat them that way like Rons did beat them 1-0 in the league and there have been very similar other results to that but this is a competition that might suit this Leon team so um, an extended run in, in the Champions League isn't beyond the question for Genesio and, and what is a very, very talented and on its day, very well organised team. So huge credit to Leon and Genesio. He gets a lot of stick in France, but he serves a huge amount of credit for this Champions League run so far. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Fakir, I, I know on the main show on Monday, I compared, on, uh, sorry, on Sunday, that uh, I compared him to sort of the, the Wayne Rooney recovery rate of it maybe takes him a couple of games to, to get the engines revving. But my word, mm. when the engines are revving again, he can be a, a fantastic footballer. And, and Jez, to Adam's point, really, they it does become interesting for them at this point now, because in all honesty, while we expected that Leon may get the chance to come through when it does come to the round of 16 in February there's a lot of tough teams that they might have to be facing I mean there's the 
they obviously will avoid Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain, but they, there's there's Barcelona, there's Bayern Munich, there's plenty of tough ties. Borussia Dortmund as well are playing terrifically at the moment, unbeaten in the Bundesliga. Um, but at the same time, then one of the sides out of those teams that finish second that won't really fear facing anyone, really. Yeah, I think I think they you know, had they failed to qualify last night. I think they'd have really been kicking themselves because um, I think away draws are good results, and it's, it would have been those those home matches against Shakhtar and and Hoffenheim, which would have been the frustrating ones. And obviously, the the Shakhtar one I mean, there's an element of credit for coming back from two 0 down. But um, you know, in other matches, the way that that they threw away leads, um, you know. Arguably, although it's great that they finished the group unbeaten, um, only having one win to show for it really doesn't do justice to, to how good a, a qualifying qualifying campaign it was for them. And yeah, I, th- I think they're they're sort of a, a dangerous start course now. I'm not saying that they can necessarily win it, but certainly for for the next round, I don't think that. Um, I think probably that you know the, the the target was to qualify for the knockout stages. So. Um, I think it's fair to say that, that anything now is a bonus. And again, you know, beating Manchester City, who are one of the best teams in the world at the moment, away from home, shows that they too, on their day, are capable of beating anyone. And certainly, as you know, we've discussed numerous times before, they've got match winners in, in their team. And um, you know, this time it was Fekir who stepped up. He hasn't been so great of late, but shown, showed again what a class of player he is this time around. Um, you know, next time it could be Depay, it could be Ndombele. There's enough players there who are um, you know, capable of giving any other team a fright on their day. Absolutely. And just before we move on to the Europa League, a very quick nudge of, of Monaco. It's been a terrible campaign for them in the Champions League, and I'm pretty sure they'll be happy to just be out of Europe completely. And if only Badashiria could actually tuck his chair in, then maybe they could do some kind of business, maybe at least anyway. But let's go on to the competition from tonight. And, and Adam Wren. Uh, managed to get the result they needed. We They just needed a victory over Astana. It was a straight shootout between the two. They got the 2-0 victory and uh, are through to the next round. It's a terrific result for, for the uh, new interim coach, Stefan, who did um, praise Lamucci's uh, effect on the team, at least anyway, in this competition previously to him and credit to him. But they've had a bit of a turnaround. We mentioned on, on Sunday how, how good they've been um, since the change in manager, it's given them a new lease of life. And and especially um, the man who grabbed the two important goals tonight, Ismail Assar, who looks like finally he's pushing on to getting that form that we expected him to move on to as, as a promising player at Mets with a move to Rennes. We always thought he may be a superstar in the making, but he's he's really on fire at the moment. Yeah, he was brilliant tonight. He got both goals. One was sort of a rebound from a, for a saved Benjamin Burrogo penalty. And the second goal was fantastic on the turn edge of the area. Um, smashed it into the top corner. It was fantastic. And he's an extremely talented player and, and, and he's, he's so, so quick and direct and got so much power that, um, you know, he, and he's, the, the thing is, he's still developing. He's still growing. He's still maturing as a footballer. He's only 20 years old, um, which is really quite scary when you think about it. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a huge asset to, to Ren, and they're, they're a team that are perhaps go a little bit under the radar, but they're another team full of players that, that on their day are, are, are superb in, in, in Ligue 1 and in, the, in at Europa League level as well. You, you, I mentioned Burgo there. It's very, very good. Not the best season so far, but fantastic. Patton Benafer, it goes out saying that season at Nice, you know, if he can recapture anything like that form, he'll be devastating in both this and, and this competition and in Ligue 1. Grenier is a fantastic signing and not great tonight from what I saw, but... Um, you know, is an extremely gifted, technically gifted footballer in midfield. And Benjamin Andre is a superb sort of leader in that that midfield area as well. So they've got a great team potentially. Um, and I think that um, Stefan's right to 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 um, to praise Lamucci. I felt when Lamucci was sacked that it, it felt a little bit premature, even though they'd been really poor occasions this season. But it just felt like they were struggling to handle the the, the two games a week, travelling for the Europa League, and then playing tough league gun games against teams who who would see them as a as a superior force and would would try and frustrate them and, and sit in against them as Rons again did did to them when winning 2-0 Rene Udan scoring twice a few weeks ago so it, it felt a bit like the success of last season deserved a little bit more of a chance because there was so much to build on there and I got such a good team and he'd done a good job even though perhaps it was starting to get a little bit afraid I, I still thought it was a bit premature but it's clear that um that Julian Stefan he's he's the son of Guy Stefan who's the the assistant to Deschamps uh, uh, for the French national team. You may have seen him at the at the World Cup. 
Um, but um, and he seems like an extremely talented guy. So they kind of feels like they may have fallen on their feet here because Ben Arthur was thinking about leaving. What sort of maybe this is part of Lamucci's, you know, removal that he'd fallen out with Ben Arthur, and and it, it felt like that he was going to leave in in the win in the window in the winter. But it, that's changed now. And Stefan said at the weekend, you know, we're not going to give him any rules. We're going to just let him play, which for a player like Hatton Ben Arthur must be, you know, um, music to his ears. So he's been fantastic in these, what, three games since. Um, two brilliant wins against Dijon and, and away at Lyon and, and tonight as well. So Renner, a team on the up and, and, and an exciting proposition, both for the Europa League and for Ligue 1 in, in the second half of the year. And Stefan's been confirmed as manager at the end of the year. He, he could be, he's only 38. He could be, um, you know, sort of the the French. I maybe maybe you know building up a little bit, but there are younger managers in other leagues that of a similar profile that um, that he, he may be able to emulate. So it, it's an exciting start for for Ren, and they most stumbled across a, a formula here. So hopefully they can continue. Yeah, absolutely. I think someone like Hudson Ben Arthur definitely needs maybe the shackles yeah. left off him, and it's good to see him <laughs> finally sort of expressing himself again. Is maybe the best way to to put it, as always. Jez, uh, the, the other games really i mean we feel a little bit sorry for bordeaux who who got the win tonight but um, wasn't enough really they left it probably a little bit lit too late but i'm pretty sure you'd quite like to talk about uh marseille's defeat to uh Aplon limassol it's only one point that they got back at the cypriots uh, team back on in in, uh, in week two but it's been for the former finalists but the i mean it's, it's pretty seems pretty easy to forget that they were in the final last season now but um they've had an awful campaign they've lost every other game as well and it's a pretty embarrassing defeat tonight despite a couple of changes they still had tovan out there they still had a couple of players but they did move some of the the second stringers out there as well but um it's not looking with combining this with the form in the league at least anyway where they've lost more games already this season than they did all, all of last season it's uh, it's not a good look for Rudy Garcia no I mean, Marseille fans like to, to pipe back to, to that time they were in the Champions League and finished with zero points and keep going on about well you know it was because it was the grief of death blah 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 this time, you know, you could argue that SD Dudelange of Luxembourg were in the group of death, and yet they came out of it with the same number of points as Marseille. Um, I, you know, to, there's probably not too much point reading too much into tonight's match because, you know, everyone knew they were out, and it was just a case of getting through it a little bit like like Monaco the other night. But as you said, at the same time, although there were a few changes and, you know, Espel and Gold, for example, showed that they maybe weren't taking it 100% seriously, there are enough players there who, who um, you know, should have, you know, just for pride at least played for, played for three points. And, you know, two sendings off, one at the start, one at the end. Um, I think most people know that I don't really rate your campus as a footballer anyway, certainly not as a centre-forward. And... Um, I, yeah, just it's it's embarrassing, and you know, I've said it before. Last year, a lot of what they did brilliantly was was mental strength and getting wins that they didn't always necessarily deserve, but they were always in matches and they always looked like they cared more. And I think that did them did win them a few, um, a few extra points. And you'd expect maybe a little bit of tail off, but this year it feels like that there's been quite a big drop. In, in, in that part of the game and that that's the worry because um you know okay it's all very well doing it at home to Limassol when you're already out of the competition but in in tighter league and matches when the, there's a lot more at stake and you know it everything does point to the fact that it is going to be a really tight battle for Champions League um and or Europa League places that could be the difference again this year and um the more senior players to to be able to turn it around but um it does feel like that they should have already done that and you know they really need to get on with it sort of sooner rather than later yeah absolutely and when you also take into the fact to like we say that they've they've been not great in the league this season and when you're a second string player this is a perfect chance to play for pride but also stake a claim for the the spots that might be open in the in the first 11 for the main games really at the moment because they aren't there's not particularly anyone particularly in great form and yet sort of lack that again and it's a, a bit disappointing because it points to what you've said a number of times Jez the, the lack of depth in the club is it does start to worry you and the, going into the second half well the very end of the first half of the season and then past the winter break have they got enough then to compete in their Champions League places with the teams that, that are currently above them it's, it remains to be seen uh, on to 
Liga matters now. And I want to start with something that I'm sure a lot of our fans and, and, and others that do listen to, to the show will want to, to hear about. It's the sort of postponements. And I'll bring you in on this, Jez, really, because obviously the Gilet Jaune process have been causing these with the, the interruptions for the games last weekend. But many thought that maybe that would be the end of it that hasn't happened there's still planned protests and that he's pulling police resources that is affecting league and games is this something that could roll on throughout until the winter break do you think or, or is this hopefully the last weekend of that that will interrupt our football more than anything obviously not stating the the lack of significance obviously for these protests they are important to the to the people of france of course but it's it's uh, really affecting what scheduling will happen sort of into the new year. They've moved some of the games from last weekend into mid-January. They've not really sorted out a time when they'll be able to do it for the games this weekend that have been suspended. I mean, Paris Saint-Germain have gone two weeks, uh, a few of them, Marseille as well. Um, it's uh, starting to get a little bit worrisome for the, not just for, um, obviously, people missing the games, really, but also getting them scheduled for, for later on. Yeah, I think it, it, it could be a problem. I mean, I'm hoping that it is sort of, you know, maybe this will be the, the last set of fixtures sort of majorly affected by it. You know, Macron's starting to make concessions. The, you know, if anything good comes out of the attack in Strasbourg, maybe it's going to make, you know, people sort of have a bit more sort of, uh, sort of kind of perspective and, and possibly, you know, calm, calm themselves a little bit. And obviously, with, you know, Christmas coming up and then, if they can get to the Christmas break, then then a good month for everyone to calm down. But you know, certainly last weekend and this weekend is going to cause a lot of um, a lot of problems in terms of rescheduling, particularly for for those teams in, in European competition. We're going to have midweek matches, so there's you know there's less obvious spaces to, to fit those matches in. And I know that I think Nantes have been complaining about how you know some teams are playing and some aren't. It's sort of, it you know gives some teams an unfair advantage and. Um, you know that they'll have fewer matches to play in the second half, and you know that they're, they're able to already sort of steal a march on their rivals. I think they're, they're probably thinking about Ren more than any other team in that sense. That's what they spent play the other day. But um, yeah, it's 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 not great, and it's it's good that at least this time they they you know hopefully managed to shuffle a couple of the other matches around, so they're still going to be played even if not at their at their original kickoff time. Um, but yeah, I've seen the the league sort of the gods who are in charge of, of uh, preparing the fixtures are going to are going to be quite busy over the next couple of weeks trying to work out where and when to fit everyone in because um, you know you'd hope that however they manage to do it, no one is sort of disadvantaged by having a too much of a backlog and you know too too many matches in a in a short period just to catch up what what they missed um, and. You know, although it, it might have caused even more admin problems, it does feel like possibly the more sensible thing would have been just to have cancelled the, the whole the whole fixture list. Certainly last weekend, and possibly this one too. Absolutely, and that that's the 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 when we look into the new year, really, they've managed to obviously squeeze those ones in mid January. But it's not just European competitions. You think of the the latter stages of the the Coupe de la Ligue, and obviously the Coupe de France starting sort of in the second half of the season as well for for Ligue 1 sides. It's, it it all starts congesting itself. I suppose they might be pretty pleased that there's they they may be able to maybe add a weekend on maybe at the end that without an international competition. Although obviously there's Nations League stuff. For, and that, that I suppose this is the end of the Champions League. So should anyone reach that sort of stage, at least anyway, that that may interrupt. But um, might might be a, a little bit of a headache should it continue for for any longer. But let's focus on some games that are happening this weekend. And uh, again, it will be will be a shortened list. There's only five games, but we have three really interesting ones that still stick out for us, which is good news for our show at least. Anyway, and Adam, we're going to start with one of the ones that hasn't really moved in terms of scheduling kickoff wise, and that's between two sides that arguably are informed they've had a great couple of weeks at least anyway and that's Ras and Strasbourg who've both had a, a good run of results really I mean the uh, the home side will be delighted with the, their recent run of form I mean despite the loss to Toulouse they got a great draw against Lille where oh, they were really unlucky not to win they were terrific against Marseille the, the weekend prior as well with Edouard Mendy having a terrific result and they obviously got two wins before that as well they've in a great position in the the league. I mean, they're the meanest defence. They're, 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 
they're um, starting to at least be a little bit more um, dangerous on the uh, going forward. Although they've not scored too many goals still. Um, what do you think to the so far the the start of the season? Have they positioned themselves into a great spot where they might not even have to worry about relegation if they continue like this going into the, the second half of the season? Yeah, you have to say that for a promoted team and a team that lost a lot of really important players over over the summer, we sort of mentioned before, sort of the spine of the team was taken away with Julian Jonvier going to Brentford, Denelson de Cruz leaving who was their holding midfielder last season, Diego Vaganato is a player I really like, <clears throat> even as well, brilliant on the ball, went and Shibachu going going to Ren. You know, they 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 really did lose some some talented players over the summer, and the fact that David Guion has managed to to sort of gel some new players and some some sort of standout league two players and and the remainder of that team into a, an extremely effective, extremely organised unit is 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 a very underrated achievement. And <clears throat> we've talked about similar size in recent years coming up from league two and doing a very similar job. Maybe Rons are a little bit more defensive than perhaps. <clears throat> excuse me, perhaps um, Neem this season or Angers in the past, who are still relatively defensive, and, and uh, Amion last season. But this 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 Ron's team deserve huge amounts of credit and, and agree on himself. So I, I think absolutely, absolutely right that they have positioned themselves brilliantly in that they're very, very difficult to beat. They keep getting results away from home against teams that perhaps would they, you know, they be expected to struggle against. They're currently 11th in the league, 22 points from 17 games is, is, is really quite impressive. You know, it's, it's quite a big gap down to, to Caen in 18th. Um, what so what a eight point gap already? And if they continue to play like this and pick up points in a similar way, you, you'd have to fancy them for a comfortable mid table finish. Which, given their team on paper and and the, the turnover of players they've had, is 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 fantastic. And just picking up on some of those results, you know, they were very unlucky not to beat Lille at the weekend and 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 that last what last minute goal ending a one all draw. Um, the, the game at Marseille, they were so comfortable defending against Marseille. It was ludicrous. All right, it finished nil-nil and they didn't offer too much going forward. But the fact that they were able to hold what is as is not necessarily a free-flowing attacking team by any means, but talented individuals at least at bay for so comfortably for 90 minutes in a in a volatile atmosphere was was really quite impressive. And they've picked up some really impressive wins, you know. Um that that result I mentioned earlier on in the season against Leon at home, they frustrated them and hit the goal on the break. Shavaria's been relatively clinical in that sort of regard. He hasn't had many chances, but he's taken his chances when they've come on on those sorts of occasions. And um, the one that went home to Monaco was fantastic. Uh, Matthew Caffaro was fantastic in that game. So I, I think that, um, and also that I just came to mind that the win at Rennes was brilliant. Rennes Udan scoring twice there. They sat in, defended, took their chances when they came. And you, you can't argue with clinical enough on occasion when, when they get their chances and, and very stoic at the back. So huge credit to have agree on and, and they, they could, you know, there's not, there's not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they push towards the top eight, top, top six would be a little bit of a stretch, but they'll be, they'll be thinking that along those lines and, and, and fair play. They, they deserve it. They've, they've been great. Yeah, and they're so tough to beat. That's the the main factor, isn't it? And I I know our award, more our mid season awards will be coming up uh, very quickly in the next couple of weeks. And uh, if Eduardo Mendy doesn't win the goalkeeper one, there's got to be someone who's going to be spectacular in the next couple of weeks because he has been terrific for them this season and a big bonus for them. Uh, for, in terms of Strasbourg, really, uh, Jez, I know we spoke about them a few times in the last couple of weeks. They got a fantastic result against Rennes that was the last one for Lemouchi and they followed it up with that draw against Paris Saint-Germain where they were excellent and maybe could have nicked it they were a little bit unlucky obviously the offside goal in the last couple of minutes as well they should have really won that game against Colm they'd be really disappointed that they couldn't hold on to that victory but they, they've looked much stronger over the last couple of weeks I mean at the start of the season we mentioned that maybe they got fortunate with some of the results and the red cards that they were getting that maybe it was a false dawn and we'd need to see further into the season and just how good Strasbourg could be this season and they are sitting pretty in eighth it doesn't look like a, a relegation battle is going to cause them any problems either and they've got a nicely balanced side that can cause on their day at the moment anyone problems uh yeah as well as the side they've also i think got one of one of the better managers in league guys and it's done a very good job at um gfc ajaxio and at strasburg last year and again this year um and I, yeah, you look at the team, and as you said, very balanced. They've got you know really solid goalkeeper now, um, decent enough defenders, and you know playing back three, but with with players like Lalo, who's I think been a been a very good player for for a few years now. I always liked him when he was at Valenciennes, but he he seems to have 
stepped up even further. You've got players like Sissoko, who, you know, they're barely missing Aulu. Um, Martin, who, you know, a little bit like what Adam said about um, Benjamin Andre, I think he's just a you know, really solid, experienced player who I think could sort of bring something to, to any team. Um, and then players like, more explosive players like Thomas and Motiba, um, who, who can, can put away goals. So, um, and I, you know, I think however good your team is to, to really um, make a bit, bit of a step up, I always think you need a reliable goal scorer. And I think Motiba is really showing that, even though he's being a, a little bit like Alcacer, as, as um, Eric alluded to uh, at the weekend show, in that he's not even necessarily starting games, but when he, when he plays, he scores. And, you know, if you've got goal scorers, like I said, you've, you've always got a chance. And I just, yeah, I do think it's a really settled, really balanced team who are, you know, a little bit off the radar, despite obviously, um, you know, being a, a club with a bit of a history and a, a great support. And they're not, they're not the sort of fashionable teams like some of those around them or teams like Nice and Ren, who people are always looking to, 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 to be pushing further up the table. And, yeah, we're off the back of the, the last three results or so. And as I said, in terms of the um the the postponements, it, it sort of hampers some teams, but it gives other teams a chance to make a bit of a psychological statement. And if Strasbourg were to win, um, you know, they could they could move up to sort of fifth, sixth place. I guess it depends a little bit on the, the Saint Etienne Nice result. But um, you know, fifth finishing the weekend ahead of Marseille so say, would I think be be quite a big um, a big boost for them, another little blow for Marseille, even if they would sort of have two games in hand at the end of it. And it really puts them into the reckoning for, you know, to be a dark horse for, for European places. Absolutely. And it's great to see uh, Adrian Thomason really, like you mentioned there, just start scoring goals. He looks by far better player than he did it. Uh, no, he, he only ever really showed flashes, but he was, he's been really terrific at Strasbourg, especially over the last couple of weeks. And I'm pretty sure I might start my own petition that um, more players should tuck the shirts in like Nabo Matiba. It's a, it's a nice little look. Not, not, not enough players do that nowadays. They all want to deal with the, the rebe- rebellious sort of out of the shirt. Look. Then they all need to smarten up a little bit and start sticking their shirts back into the shorts. Well, where, where's the class gone? It's the Badashile thing all over again, isn't it? Um, so let's get some predictions. Start with yourself, Adam. What do you think the score will be? Um, one nil, Rons. Jess, uh, uh, I'll go one all. I, I like them both. I think they're both tough to beat. I think they'll cancel each other out. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite end of the spectrum then, and I'll go one nil Strasbourg. I, I really like this side, although I do also quite like Rats at the moment. I think maybe Strasbourg's quality might just uh, show through at that point, and maybe a Libo Matiba goal again. Um, on to one of the slightly rescheduled fixtures in Nice versus Saint-Étienne, and starting with the home side on this one, Adam. Nice, we'd mentioned, had a, a great run sort of late October and, and through November. They um got four wins in a row, including victories against uh, Lille and, and Bordeaux with nothing to scratch your head at, especially when we mentioned that Vieira side was a bit, were a bit boring. They weren't really getting the results that we wanted to see them get. But now, um, since then, unfortunately, it's been two goalless draws, which doesn't sound too bad, but when you say it's against bottom of the league, Gangomp and, and Angers, you start, you start questioning things again. It's, it's a weird mix at the moment. They've, got a great record of six clean sheets in a row, which is tremendous. And Walter Benitez has been terrific as well. He's maybe the only contender against Mendy at the moment, really, for that goalkeeper um, award. But at the same time, the worry now turns to, are they going to score enough goals to stay in the hunt for Europa League and against a team like Saint-Étienne that will really test them at the back? Can they, can they, can they win out against getting games like this? Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question there because I think that there's a sense that although Nice have, have, have find, found their feet a little bit under Patrick Vieira in the last few months or so, last few weeks perhaps, that they're still very much in transition. And this is a team that is a little bit sort of, no one goes as far as sort of say thrown together, but it's it feels a little bit unbalanced, the squad at the moment, in that there are certain areas that are performing well, there are certain players areas that really aren't they're under strength in certain areas um, and they've had some some younger players some new blood coming in over the summer and, and that that situation is taking a lot of time to gel and obviously when you add a, a cantankerous mario balotelli into that mix 
you know you're you're very likely to to be sort of thrown out of out of, out of whack out of balance and and it feels like they are they're muddling through at the moment and that Patrick Vieira although um you know have some good ideas and obviously he's an intelligent guy and and and, and did what well, did relative relatively well anyway with New York City um it's going to take him a lot longer than even this season perhaps to, to really find his feet and find the team that he wants and um in terms of goals you know Balotelli's been pretty poor since since coming back into the team um you know there was there was sort of accusations that he was unfit and even when he has sort of found himself you know establishing he's started the last five games hasn't finished any of those games but has been really really pretty poor in, in all of those outings you're kind of relying on Pierre-Lise Malou who, who's a, a player that as far as I understand um from from these fans and observes French which divides opinion a little bit I quite like him personally but he's he's not the most consistent and and that same goes for Anzan Maximin in a very sort of different way in that he's um extremely exciting on his day but anonymous in other games um and that leads to extremely temperamental front freeze so they've they've been relatively solid and they've they've got they've got a couple of results that you mentioned in in the last few weeks in in drawing nil nil with gangon and angers but when although those are points and and they'll take them they're against teams that they would be expecting to beat so i i don't see nice finishing any higher than the position already in in seventh this season and I I would make Sinetien pretty strong favourites for this game, and and Pierre Vieira's done a, done a decent job so far with what he's been given, but they still are figuring everything out for me. Yeah, and it's almost like a turning of the tide between the two teams, really, Jez, because a couple of years ago we'd have said Nice were a, a good attacking side as as well, especially under Lucien Favre and scoring goals, and now they're a real defensive machine. Whereas Sinetien, especially under Galtier, would have been certainly described like that but in the last couple of weeks really in the last month or so really for Leverre you look back at the games and avoiding sort of the Lyon game where they didn't score the other games are 4-3 against Angers 2-0 against Reims 3-0 against Nolte and that 3-2 result against uh, Bordeaux a couple of weekends ago now it's almost like they're changing Back to the the other way under under Gatte, they're becoming a, a more attacking team led by sort of Wabi Kazri at the moment, really more than anything. But are they slowly changing their identity to almost the other side of the spectrum to what they they were previously? Yeah, it's weird because you know, the other one was always debating is Saint Etienne holding Galtier back, is Galtier holding Saint Etienne back, and maybe they were holding each other back and didn't realise that they were capable of. Of being a little bit more attacking, but you know, Gatia siding attacking wise at, at Lille and, and Saint Etienne is certainly a lot more entertaining than, than than they they were under him. And you know, obviously, a lot of that is is, is down to the personnel they've got. And in you know, take the, 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 the last match that, that they lost against Porto, but Sioni, Cabela, Salibur, Kasri, they've got you know, Monet Pake, who I still think is is uh, effective attacking player even if he doesn't score enough um you know they have goal scorers and exciting attacking players in there and it's just a case of um whether they can click or not and for the most part they have and you know Kazri to me isn't really a, a, a center forward but he, he can always muck in with, with a lot of goals um Cabela on his day I, I you know, still certainly to watch one of the best attacking players around and Dioni is is you know not quite capturing the form of a couple of years ago, but certainly better than, than last year. And and you feel that you know, a, a little one of two or three goals, and he could really be be back to his best. Um, and then behind them, a little bit like we said about Strasbourg and and Hans, they've just got a, a relatively nicely balanced side with you know a solid enough defence, a couple of decent attacking um, full-backs and 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 a relatively authoritative midfield. So. Um, they're def I think that they'll definitely be in in the shake up for European places. And whereas, I, as, as Adam said, I, I think Nice are a talented side on, in theory, but I just think that they're, they're nowhere near as, as as developed either individually or as a team as this Saint Etienne um, team. And they're, I think they're certainly better placed to, to to finish the season higher up than than Nice, who I think are still. Uh, you know, in terms of the team, the coach, and several of their players, I think that lots of potential that's still a work in progress. I think maybe, maybe both of you have shown your hands a little bit on this one, but I am going to still ask <laughs> for, for predictions, and I'll start with yourself then again, Jez. What's your scoreline on this one? Um, I mean, 
it's tough because Nice are, are keeping it very tight at the moment, but I, I think Saint-Étienne will, will come out on top. I'll go 2-1. Adam? 2-0 uh, for me. Yeah, I, I'm going for a 2-0 Saint-Étienne win as well. It, it just feels like Nice are oh, creative enough going forward at the moment. And without Balotelli striking, Maxman still being sort of very mercurial is maybe the best way of putting it. And the um, Saint-Étienne will get you goals at the moment, really, but despite that sort of poor performance against Leon a few weeks ago, that the, the sort of outlier, really, in what has been a really good month for them, even though they did lost last time out as well. Uh, on to a final game, and the one on, on Sunday, so it would have been a more interesting fixture, but it still stays interesting despite Monaco's struggles as they head to Leon. Um, Adam, they'll be disappointed, obviously, with the result they got midweek, but that will be in the past behind them now and focusing on on another big game because they've only got a couple of games before the winter break. And with Amiens winning against Gangon the previous week as well, while with Monaco sitting out, they are now back in that bottom two. So important, regardless of the opponent in this one, to, to try and get a result and try and force something before this winter break kicks in. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's, it's very difficult to know... I can't really make my mind up about Monaco. I mean, having having watched them over the last few games, I, I really can't decide whether they are... They've just been fortunate to get to those two wins that they got both away from home um, or whether they are slowly improving. Um, I'm slightly worried that this team just may be pretty poor and, and, and that there's nothing really that Thierry Henry can do. Um, and although they, they, they got those two wins, it's still only two wins in the last five. Um, all right, the two other games against Borussia Dortmund and Atletico Madrid and, and then Montpellier, who are very good at the moment too, and they were leading in that game, it still feels like there's a very, very long way to go for Monaco. And then there may be a chance this weekend against Lyon, who will probably be, you know, having travelled to the Ukraine and back and, and it's immensely tired after that, that that game against Shakhtar. Monaco having, you know, the week or more off with the, with the cancelled games. There may be a, a slight opportunity for them there, but... It, I, I'm just struggling to see where they're going to to find their form from. I think the miss of Ronnie Lopez is is obviously pretty sizable, and and that he's not a player easily replaced by Thierry Henry. In fact, he's irreplaceable at the moment in this squad, and perhaps the situation would be almost entirely different if he if he'd been fit since the start of the season. But of course, that's not the case. Um, but it, it, the game against Amiens was a funny one because they they won with two penalties, one very very late on. And they they soaked up pressure and sat back and, and Amion had most of the ball and perhaps deserved a draw at least from on the balance of play. Um and, and the Kong game where that Radamel Fraukau free kick, you know, the Falcao's obviously still a brilliant player. He's got both the penalties in the in the, the game against Amion. And I don't think they're they're good enough to to not certain well, that's not the right phrasing, but they, they can't rely on him all the time. He, he's not going to get the chances to win them games because he's not necessarily a player that's going to win games on his own at this stage of his career. And given the, the form he's had of late, he is a player that will, will produce moments of brilliance on occasion, but he can't be expected to do it every week. And without him, where do they go? You know, Golovin's not really found his feet. He's been injured. Uh, T. Lemons is very up and down, still very young and learning. Jovicic is injured and very temperamental too. I, I just think that this team we'll spend the rest of the season battling relegation. And I, I don't see that upward curve coming anytime soon. It's it's really quite worrying. And I think that they need to accept, and I think they have accepted that staying up this season would be good. That's finishing finishing 17th, avoid even 18th and getting in the relegation playoff and winning that would be a, a decent result based on the turnover of players, the young players have been using, the injuries they've had, the new manager, um, and a questionable recruitment as well. Um, I, I think that they just need to accept that their relegation team this season and then move past it and next season is their season hopefully but a long way to go for Monaco yeah absolutely and it that's the disappointing thing really Adam and, and uh, I was thinking about this really after the Montpellier game it, it was that cold game they struggled but they got through it they got the result they needed and the first half in that Montpellier game they got the goal they needed they played pretty well to be fair Golovin was was looking sharp and so was Tielemans and so was Falcao and they were finally looking like maybe pieces were coming together but again the defence just lets them down I mean the, the second goal especially Jemison I don't even know yeah. what Jemison's even trying to do really there and it, <laughs> see he's fell off a, a, a face of a cliff really and if you mm. can't defend um, when you're running out of confidence and you, when you finally put a decent performance in for a, for a half where against the Montpellier side that's been pretty good this season and, and 
in all honesty, Monaco were definitely the, the stronger side in that first half, and they just let things slip away. And really, that Angers result was sorry, the Amiens result was was good, but they the performance really wasn't there. And you start to worry that they because they've obviously missed a, a midweek game and Amiens got that win against Gangon, has a little bit more pressure, even more on this game than than probably would have been had they played maybe the weekend before and got a result somewhere like that. But for, for Leon, Jez, at the same time, while we say Monaco have been really struggling, we've seen Leon stumble in games where we expect them to do better this season. I mean, in the early season against Rance, you could also argue the loss against Nice earlier in the season when when they were really struggling in the opening couple of fixtures under Vieira. Um, also the draw against Nantes, the draw against Bordeaux, where they should be seeing out games. Will that be a concern for Genesio after, especially all the outpour of, of the, the Champions League game in midweek? Is that a concern even against the Monaco side that are really, really struggling? Yeah, I think it sh- I think it should be a concern. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they would definitely start the match as favourites. It would be a big, big disappointment if they if they weren't to win. But we've all seen it before so many times with Lyon that while, while they often turn up for the for the bigger matches, they can also go missing even at home against um, against smaller teams. Monaco aren't a small team, but you know, in the context of, of this season, I guess they are. Um, and particularly after after a uh, tough uh, midweek match that would have taken a lot out of them mentally and physically, and you know, probably a few of them have got chill blains in their toes and things as well, which isn't going to help. Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's not it's um, it's a match that they shouldn't take lightly. Um, Monaco are fighting for their lives, and you know, you mentioned Jemison and the defence. Actually, against Montpellier, I thought. For the most part, the defence was excellent, and it was Jemison who let them down. And, and you know, arguably that's been the problem. Monaco has been their more experienced players letting them down. Um, you know, Badia Shido for me looks a really good defender, and, and players like Heinrichs and Pierre Gabriel, who I think settling into the team. So I don't think they're going to make it easy for Lyon, um, but I would still expect Lyon to get through it. You've got players like. Um, and Dembele, who, who didn't start yesterday, and Dembele too. So they'll be sort of, as long as they're fully fit, they'll be they'll be chomping at the bit as well. So um, Lyon should be able to field, you know, on paper, a much stronger team than, than Monaco are able to at the moment, and, and they should be able to to win. But if they take their eye off the ball, as, as they often are want to do, then um, you know, they they could get a fight. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and that's why. I'm going to go for a sneaky one-all prediction in this one. I think Monaco might just get a little bit of a result that they need, maybe a little bit of a perk ahead of maybe their final game, really, before the winter break and get themselves a little bit of confidence heading into that that game against uh, Gangon, which would be massive, because if they can get a result there, they maybe can start kicking on after the winter break. But, um, Adam, what do you think the score will be? I'm worried for Monaco in this one. I 3-0, Leon. Jez? Um... I, d- I really do think Monaco are improving, and I think it's good that they're, they're well in touch now with other teams, but I can't see them in this one. I'll go 2 uh, 0. Mm, it'll be certainly an interesting one to watch, and three really good games that we've at least managed to keep uh, under the circumstances, at least. Uh, that's all that we have time for this evening. My thanks to uh, Adam, Jez, and all of you listening at uh, home. Do join us for the main show, which will be back on Sunday, but for now, Enjoy your weekend of football.